Let me tell you, Greg, this episode of Under the Bridge, I am just drunk on Halloween spirit. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? I'm also drunk on alcohol. <laughs> Is it drunk or buzzed? Because there is a significant difference. One way or the other. Fair enough. The point is, I'm in a really good spot for this episode, and I hope y'all listening at home are in a good spot too, although not necessarily in the same way, but you know, whatever makes you happy. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Exactly. I'm Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And I'm Greg, aka Greg. And it's been another week of things. Mm-hmm. But this week's gaming things are all follow-ups to things we talked about last week. Yes, indeed, because the gaming industry and the people in it do not know how to chill the hell out half the time. Truly, it is a snake eating its own tail. Mm. <laughs> a never-ending cycle. Oh, yes. We got some updates on the Helena Taylor Bayonetta situation. Mm. So, originally she was saying that the final offer, the best offer, was $4,000 to voice Bayonetta. Right. Apparently that is not the case. <laughs> a Bloomberg report said that Platinum Games had originally offered to pay Taylor somewhere between 3000 and 4000 per four-hour session for at least five recording sessions, which would be a total of at least 15000 Which is a significant difference from the original quote. Indeed it is. Allegedly, Taylor then turned around and asked for a six-figure sum, plus residuals. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor has since responded, saying that the original offer was $10,000, and then she wrote in Japanese to Hideki Kamiya and was offered an extra 5000 then declined to voice the game, and then they offered a flat fee to voice some lines for $4,000. Apparently that 4000 that was offered was for a cameo once it was apparent that that wasn't going to work anymore. So did she basically, like, admit that she's lying, but try to, like, paint it in a way that still makes her seem like the victim? Because that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Look, at this point, I'm not going to go pointing fingers, because clearly I don't know <laughs> jack shit. <laughs> but it certainly sounds that way. It's weird. It's just one of those things where... I, I feel like, in a general sense, voice actors probably are not paid what they should be in across all media. No, you're correct. Yeah, but this is one where I just have to sit back and go, okay, what? how did you think this was going to go? <laughs> right, and it's one of those unfortunate things where it feels like this is going to undermine the broader discussion we should be having about how much voice actors should get paid, mm -hmm. at least relative to, you know, stage and regular actors and what have you. I shouldn't say, it, it, we really need a term, movie actors, there we go. Yes. It's not even about, like, it's it's a case of, like, yeah, they should absolutely get paid more for the stuff that they do, because there is some, there is some top quality voice acting stuff going on. Oh, yes, and I've also watched many a show where bad voice acting just kills my interest in the show. Yep. But now, I feel like whenever we try to have this discussion in the future, we're gonna have to dance around, oh, but what about Helena Taylor? <laughs> well, with any luck, this will just be a one-off, and it'll be a entry in okay how not to ex progress in your industry <laughs> yeah Ugh. i did call that there was something f iffy about it though i called mm -hmm. it with the her saying jennifer hale has no right to call herself the voice of bayonetta i was i was right that was fishy yeah that was a bit fishy ah i love it when i'm partially right <laughs> i love it more when i'm entirely right but nonetheless oh uh, yeah that's that's understandable we also got the silent hill 
live stream. That's what it's called. <laughs> I almost called it the Silent Hill Direct. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it was. It's it's funny because we were watching the stream at work. Because anytime a major like announcement comes up, we kind of stop what we're doing and put it on our TVs and through our store speakers. And we couldn't help but just like notice how the people talking are like, we're really, in Japanese, but still very deadpan and stiff, we're really excited to show you what we're working on. And we're just like, are you? <laughs> are, are you really? really? And then our the, the, the guy that we have that fixes our stuff actually says like, no, guys, you forget. There's excited... And then there's Japanese video game press show excited. That's what's going on here. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> if you saw like, it at uh, work, you are more up to speed than me. I just watched the individual trailers. I did not watch the live stream itself. No, we watched the live stream. And it's... I'm not big into horror games. But I am happy that there's something about Silent Hill in general right now. Because it's been like 10 years since we've heard anything about the series other than the whole thing with pt and, Ko- and kojima and whatnot <laughs> god that's a shit that's a shit show and a half indeed i'm happy for all the people who are big into silent hill and honestly even though it's the trailer we got is more than likely just like an in-engine trailer that's not actual gameplay if it's what's representative of what the final game's gonna look like i'd say that's pretty solid stuff yeah the only thing that i'm not liking and is I don't know if it's timed or permanent, but the whole thing of at the end it's like exclusively on PlayStation Five, which is deeply annoying. Although there was, to, for the sake of transparency, there was an asterisk next to that, which is why I said it might be timed exclusively. But it's still annoying given how Sony does with third-party exclusives and whatnot. Were you just talking about the Silent Hill Two remake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because there were several announcements as part of this. If you're a Silent Hill fan. I'm happy for you. Same. Or at least, I'm tentatively happy for you. Hopefully these games don't all suck. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be... I, I would be impressed if the Silent Hill 2 remake sucked. Because then that would be a thing where you just look at it and it's like, how did you get that wrong of all things? <laughs> imagine going like almost 10 years with no Silent Hill. They announce a bunch of projects, you get your hopes up, and then they all suck. Yeah, no. It'd be hilarious. Yeah, it would. <laughs> to break it down a little bit more, we got Silent Hill Ascension. We have no idea what it is, apparently, beyond a live experience of some sort mm. taking place in 2023. I don't know how you would make that work. Yeah, I don't know how that's supposed to work either. <laughs> or at least a collaborator said that would be Genvid Entertainment. Genvid? Genvid. Genitive. said, Silent Hill Ascension is a completely new kind of experience. It's an interactive streaming series where the community shapes the canon together live. So it's live hmm. Black Mirror Bandersnatch? It kind of sounds like the things like, I don't know if Twitch still does it. It's Twitch it Plays was... Pokemon! Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It I'm sounds sorry like I whole... stole your punchline. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so it sounds like Twitch Plays Pokemon, but bigger and significantly more expensive. Twitch <laughs> Plays Horror Games. Oh my hmm. goodness. That's going to be a lot of deaths. That's going to be a lot of deaths. We also got Silent Hill F announced, which is unusual because it's taking place in Japan. Is this, it's taking place in feudal Japan, if I recall correctly. 60s. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. Still, though. Odd, but interesting. Very disturbing trailer, too. Yeah, it was a deeply disturbing trailer. Just 
the imagery and the artist and like the artistry is impressive, but very, very unnerving. It's horrifyingly beautiful. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Like a train wreck painted by Monet. <laughs> okay. I say like I have any idea how art works. Mm, I appreciate that reference. Very good. At least somebody did. <laughs> you appreciated it more than I did. <laughs> Got the actual new entry in the Silent Hill, the location franchise, Silent Hill Townfall. Yeah, so... They really didn't say anything about it, it's just that this is the next main Silent Hill game that's going to be coming out. And that apparently at least one character is there for reasons other than being punished. Hmm. No idea what that's about. Yeah, I don't either. Unfortunately, this is kind of where it falls apart for me, because even though I'm kind of interested in Silent Hill, I am not in any way remotely familiar with the war, so... Yeah, me neither, really. As you said before, we got the Silent Hill 2 remake, coming to PS5. Hmm. <laughs> And we got another movie announcement. Return to Silent Hill, directed by director of the original Silent Hill film, Christoph Gans. Yeah, this is an interesting one because I haven't, I've never seen. Are there? Is there one Silent Hill movie or two? There are two, and I've seen one of them, and I don't remember which one it was. Okay, I need to watch them both. From what I've gathered from the people who have watched it, they say the general consensus is that the first movie was okay. It was just kind of weird because apparently it was supposed to be mostly based on, I guess, the first Silent Hill, but it was pulling stuff from Silent Hill 2 or 3, and that was a little bit jarring. Apparently, the upcoming movie is going to be much more of a straight-up retelling of Silent Hill 2's story. Huh. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting. I... It's one of those weird things where I'm always interested in video game movies, but I also know to keep my expectations fairly low. Because it's only recently that they've started being actually decent. Yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, I can't think of... Granted, I don't, haven't seen a lot of them, but I can't think of one that I would actually call good that came from the same IP as a video game. We're At this point, they're adequate. Yeah. That averages out to a correct yeah. statement. I, I also want to mention that like, I called the whole thing of a movie as a joke to one of my co-workers. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, they're going to announce a movie, right? It's like, no, they're not going to announce a movie. And then they say, oh, we're making a movie. And then to the store, I just go, someone get me a phone because I just freaking called it. <laughs> nice. Well done, you. Yeah, so. Yeah, just curious as always when it comes to things like that. Hopefully whatever gets made isn't terrible. Yeah, here's hoping. At least this gives me an excuse to watch Silent Hill and Silent Hill Revelation. And by that I mean watch one of them again, and then watch the other one. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I have no idea which is which, though. <laughs> Honestly, the odds are pretty good. I will rewatch it and not remember which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> I still just need to sit down and watch them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you ever want to make a thing of it, we can make a thing of it. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be the only thing we're going to have to make a thing of based on stuff that's happening this week, but we'll get into that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Speaking of follow-ups, we got some more DC news. Oh, boy. And I can't even say all of it right now because some of it has to wait until we're talking about Black Adam spoilers. <laughs> because Hollywood just loves shooting itself in the foot. It, it, it must have a lot of boots. And bullets. 
and police. <laughs> insert rust joke here. Yeah, yeah. Insert in- expendables joke here. Mm, that's probably better than what I said. Mm. Apparently, James Gunn is in talks with Warner Brothers for a mystery DC project. Oh, oh boy? Yeah, no, that's good. Mm. Remember, James Gunn gave us The Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Ah, right, right. Yeah, no, this is... I mean, look, look, even if he hadn't given us that, he gave us two epic Guardians movies, one after the other, so you know what? This man can do whatever he wants at this point, I'm on board with it. It, uh, yeah, pr- yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair at this point with some of the bangers that he's put out. 100%. I do want to specify mystery movie in this instance means no idea what it is out of universe. It is not, we're not getting a detective chimp movie or something. <laughs> Unless we're getting a detective chimp movie. With how nutty James Gunn is, sometimes I can see that happening. I could 100% see a detective chimp movie from James Gunn, and you know what? I'd watch the hell out of it. <laughs> In fact, now I'm going to be offended if it's not Detective Chimp. <sniffs> Throwing it out there right now. <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbows, though. Oh, of course not. <laughs> For you see, the Zatanna movie that was going to come to HBO Max has been scrapped. Oh, another one. Another one. <sighs> I want... God, I wanted, I thought I could make that joke and be slightly happier, but that is not what happened. Cause it didn't it fill kinda, the void, did it? No, because it is dep- it is very depressing at this point. If there's any consolation, it's that maybe this means Zatanna can come to the big screen and actually stand a chance of making some money. Uh, here's to hoping. But we'll see, and I kind of doubt it, considering mm. previous things that have been said by current DC leadership. Right. When Dwayne Johnson is the one campaigning for most of your lower tier characters. <laughs> I don't I think that's a timeline nobody saw coming. Right? Mm. I still hate The Rock, but I gotta give it to him at least. He definitely seems to be advocating for what actual DC fans want. Yeah. What a thing. <laughs> Matt Reeves is planning to expand the Batman universe out even further. Oh, Boy, dot, dot, dot again? (laughs) Yeah, who knows. He's meeting with writers and directors to build out movies, not just series, but movies, focused on Batman's rogues gallery. I don't know what that is. His bad guys. Oh. You don't know what a rogues gallery is? I've never heard that particular, like, phrase. What the? I have failed. No, like, specifically Batman's rogue gallery. I have failed as a nerdy friend if you do not know the term rogues gallery. What the hell? So my thing with this is, granted, I don't know a lot about all of Batman's, like, arch nemeses, nemesi. Um, But it is one of those things where I can't help, especially with the end of the Batman, I can't help but go, okay, so Joker. Actually, he was not mentioned. Good. <laughs> this whole thing was summed up in a Hollywood Reporter article, and characters named in that article include Scarecrow, Clayface, and Professor Pig. Who's Professor Pig? You know, Batman's got so <laughs> many villains, I'm not all that sure myself. It sounds like a character from the Peppa Pig show. Oh, God. Please, no. But man, put Clayface in something. You have no idea how badly I've been wanting Clayface in a Batman movie. A lot. I think the... 
one I would be the most interested in, but that would also kind of require it to be inspired or take place in the same continuity as the Batman. I would be very interested to see them do Scarecrow and how to make it work in a make him work in a more for lack of better terming i guess like realistic setting because one of my favorite things about the batman was how they made the riddler everything about like the riddler and what he did in terms of modern internet culture stuff like that makes sense so and i thought that was really cool so i'd be interested to see a more like grounded version of the scarecrow i would think that would be really interesting yeah since Scarecrow is one of those villains where, yeah, technically we've seen him in a live-action Batman movie before, but he barely did anything. Okay, yeah. that's not fair. In Batman Begins, he did quite a bit, but then they just kind of kept keeping him around, and he didn't do jack shit. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the other thing, too. If we get more movies that are focused on major enemies that aren't given a lot of screen time or you know, treated as jokes, I am also for that. Yeah, generally I'm not a huge fan of... The idea of DC giving a bunch of villains movies when they can barely build out their hero stable. <laughs> but I'll make an exception for Batman villains who aren't Joker. Because who aren't Joker. most of Batman's villains are quite complicated and robust fellows. And I'm not yeah. saying Joker's not, but I am saying Joker is both A, overexposed, and B, just kind of a fucking asshole. <laughs> kind of an asshole. Come at me, oh. clown bro! I mean, if there's one, it's if there's one positive thing that we can say about the Joker is that even he knows that you don't go toe to toe with the IRS. I'm crazy enough to tangle with Batman, but the IRS, no, thank you. <laughs> good times. Very good times. And in the midst of all this nonsense, Walter Hamada, the former president of DC Films, has left the Burbank, California lot. Oh, so what, he moved from California, or... Oh, no, he's, like, leaving Warner Brothers. Oh, he's leaving Warner Brothers altogether. Yeah. Concerning? Very. Hmm. From the sound of it, he's been basically one foot out the door since they canceled Batgirl. I don't blame him. <laughs> nah, not especially not... The worst part is... A bunch of people, including the fucking Snyder bros, are like, Oh, yeah! Get rid of him. All hail Zaslam. Fuck Hamada. And it's just... People are jumping on that. And it's just like, bruh, Hamada was only president of DC Films in 2018. Yeah. You know what movies that means he's responsible for? Aquaman. Which, shit movie, but you know, everybody else seemed to like it, so whatever. <laughs> Shazam. Genuinely good. Birds of yes. Prey. Fun time. Wonder Woman 84. A disaster, but <laughs> a lot of complications there. The Suicide Squad. Didn't make shit for money, but to be fair, you released it to HBO Max at the same time and it's all rated during a pandemic. What the fuck did you think was going to happen? Mm. The, the guy has been behind some really good shit and also some bad shit, but that's still better than the previous people. Yeah. Who are mostly just responsible for bad shit. <laughs> so it does suck, and it's very unfortunate because I was curious to see what could have happened if DC had actually managed to launch a coherent plan without worldwide pandemic derailing shit for a couple of years. Are they still talking about having, like, a 10-year plan or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good fucking uh, luck. Yeah, pr yeah, I was gonna say, like, alright, have fun with that. I'd be surprised if they have a two-year plan. <sighs> See what they do with the Flash. <laughs> On top of all this, Warner Brothers is also making more dumb decisions independent of DC. 
Oh boy, that's our favorite. You ever wanted to own the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring as an NFT experience? Oh my god. Come on, guys. Let it die, please. <laughs> well, they're not. I'm, I'm sorry. I I'm, I imagine that you were going to go into a whole introduction into it, but like, Jesus Christ, let it die. <laughs> let no, that NFT was it. Die. <laughs> that was just it. Uh, they got two separate editions. The Epic Edition, which they minted 999 copies of for $100 each, and 10,000 of the Mystery Edition for $30. NFTs need to die. Yeah, no, this is the this is the weirdest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. These NFT versions of the movie allow buyers to watch the extended version of the film in 4K UHD, along with access to more than 8 hours of special features, hundreds of images, and hidden AR collectibles. The Epic Edition includes navigation menus for three film locations, the Shire, Rivendell, and the Mines of Moria, along with location-specific key art. The Epic Edition also includes extra image galleries not in the Mystery Edition. And all I can think is, JUST PUT IT ON FUCKING DISC! I was gonna say, like, this sounds, sounds like the kind of stuff that you would include in, like, a super special, like, steelbook version of a movie. Yeah, no, but instead, they're hosting it, I guess, at web3.wb.com, which is just, great, what happens when that domain goes down? Say bye-bye to your chimp art or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> fucking dumb. <sighs> what a stupid fucking experience, and even dumber that people are probably gonna buy it. Mm, yeah, people are... People this are absolutely going to buy into it. This is actually worse than buying a digital copy of the movie. Mm. Fucking blockchain films. How does that even... So what? You're saying, I have a receipt that says I have this specific digital-only <laughs> copy of this movie? I don't even have it. I just have a receipt that says... So ah! You own, like one nanosecond of the movie for a hundred dollars. No, it's the whole movie. Oh, never mind then. It's the whole movie. It's just an NFT form, which I am probably too tipsy to get in uh, trying to wrap my head around this shit. <laughs> the long and short of it is that it's really dumb. It is a stupid idea indeed. And it makes the execution makes no sense, and NFTs need to die. I think that kind of boils it down. Yeah. Mm. I got one more bit of Warner Brothers news, and like all things on this crazy roller coaster of life, we circle back to a good thing. Good. The Conjuring 4 is officially in the works. Yay! From the writer of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which remains to be seen uh. if that's yay or not. <laughs> it's like, The Conjuring 4 is happening. Enthusiastic, yay! From the writer of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, very tepid, that's a thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Granted, it's it's can't really say that about a movie that you know I've never seen, but <laughs> that's in a very strange way. That's less encouraging, sadly. You remember when they were gonna pit that movie up against Avatar and then blinked? Oh God! Thank God they blinked though. That would have been a disaster. And then they were gonna send in Shazam to die in its place. <laughs> thank a... God they blinked. <laughs> <laughs> What a fucking shit show. Ugh. But yeah, no, The Conjuring is probably one of my favorite horror franchises. Obviously, not every movie in it is good, but most mm -hmm. of them are, to some extent, entertaining. Even oh, the yeah. bad ones. <laughs> even Annabelle had at least one good moment in it. 
That reminds me, I still need to watch Annabelle Comes Home. I've never seen that one. I, I just need to make sure because it's been so long I've seen them. Annabelle is the one where it's it the is doll. Like the... Oh, it's the doll. Okay, it's never... the doll. What'd you never think mind. it was? I was thinking of the one where it's like the origin story of the serial killer girl and how she gets possessed. Where she's like in a wheelchair and all that. No, that's Annabelle. Oh, that is Annabelle? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was going to say, my, my thing with Annabelle that I still hold on to this day was kind of a twist, a turn in the movie where I went from like actually being scared to being like, can someone just stomp on this fucking demon for not leaving this girl alone? <laughs> yeah, no, okay, so so Annabelle was how the Warrens got the doll. Mm. Annabelle creation was how the doll came to be possessed. And I'm not sure about Annabelle Comes Home because, again, I haven't seen it, but I think it's more like a general conjuring movie that just happens to have Annabelle as the spearheading issue. Right. I don't know, though. I'll have to find out when I see it. Point is, Point. though, new co- new Conjuring movie. Get conjuring, sight. baby! Here's hoping it's yes. better than three! <laughs> Maybe I'd like three better when I watch it at home, but I doubt it. Buzzed? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Yo, plenty of horror movies are better when you're buzzed. Yeah, fair. Let's move away from Warner Brothers' various decisions, stupid and otherwise, to Netflix's chief content officer saying a stupid thing. Oh boy, what stupid thing did he say? Well, you know how Netflix has all three major theater chains agreeing to show Knives Out? Yes. Or Glass Onion, rather. Mm-hmm. Well, people were talking about what an unprecedented deal this is, and he said, There are all kinds of debates all the time, back and forth, but there's no question internally that we make our movies for our members, and we really want to see them on Netflix. Most people watch movies at home. <laughs> that's not that's that's not like me acting that is genuine (laughs) laughter no it's really funny it's so stupid like yeah asshole yeah it's like people watch all their movies at home for the past two years there's a reason for that (laughs) it's called people being stuck inside a home Ugh, God and it's even worse because apparently this is directly contradictory to what Netflix film chief Scott Stuber told a lot of people involved in those theater circuits. Mm. Because apparently Glass Onion was described as, per the Hollywood Reporter article, the first of several real tests trying to determine what kind of financial windfall an exclusive run in theaters could generate for Netflix and what impact it would have on subscriber numbers in either direction. So Mm. it sounds like they told the theaters that this was going to be a trial run and could lead to something else, only for the chief content officer to turn around and go, nah, fam, this shit's staying on Netflix. This is a one-off. Yeah, which, you know, if if you're someone who's in the top echelon of one of these companies and you're just like, okay, well, we're never working with him again or with Netflix again, are we? God almighty, that's stupid. And this comes right after it's also been said that they're actually not planning to report the theatrical gross of Glass Onion. Why? Because it's Netflix and they hate sharing data. <sighs> it should be noted, there is no legal obligation to report theatrical grosses, but it's standard, and it's generally considered, you know, kind of a courtesy. Yeah, and it's also useful data. It's useful data that can be used to determine like trends and whatnot, what works, what doesn't, and make better decisions later. Yeah, but Netflix wants to be the only ones who have that data, just like 
some people want to be the only ones who own a specific NFT version of Lord of the Rings! God, that's stupid. <laughs> you like how I brought that back? Mm, both Because I don't. <laughs> Fair. I'm having a great time with this, I'll be mm. honest. <laughs> Good, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> and now, closing out the news, we have something that is not actually official, but the thing that... It's something that... It's official that it could be official. <laughs> it's the announcement for the announcement. Reported by Deadline, there's talk on the set about Sasha Baron Cohen being part of Ironheart, likely playing Mephisto. So I do know the na- that name, but I don't know anything about the character. <laughs> Alright, so in Marvel there's like 50 different Satans. Of course there are. <laughs> yeah, there's no one true Satan. There's actually an empty throne that's supposed to belong to Satan, and no demon dares to sit in it, because they know if they do, everybody else will be gunning for their head. Mm. Mephisto is probably one of the more prominent of these (laughs) not-Satans. Of these (laughs) not-Satans. He shows up a lot. He's messed with Loki. He's messed with Black Panther. He's the guy Spider-Man sold his marriage to. Ah, and just like that, my interest has been killed. (laughs) <laughs> hey, look, look on the bright side, okay? Hear me out on this one. Mm. Spider-Man doesn't have a marriage to sell right now, so he's in the clear. Fair. You can't sell what you don't have. <laughs> unless you're selling NFTs. God almighty, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm done. I swear I'm done. <laughs> For God the time damn. being, I'm done. <laughs> For the time being, is the key portion of that statement. Look, man, I cannot promise that at some point another stupid joke about this is not going to leave my mouth. That's fine, but still. Anyways, if they really do have Sasha Baron Cohen set up to play Mephisto, what else can I say but great success? Alright, I mean, you know, it's another one of those things where I have nothing, like, really base anything off so interested but oh my god oh my god spider-man shows up and is like what would it take to do this your wife but i don't <laughs> have a <laughs> i hate it... myself sometimes you'll be like but i don't have a wife it's like yeah i'm gonna see to that <laughs> oh, you're Ugh. damn right you don't <laughs> i think it's just about trailer time what do you think yeah it's probably trailer time all right where do you want to start I mean, do we want to start with Ant-Man? No! No? <laughs> no. Okay. Alright, cool. We'll save that one for last. <laughs> Alright, in that case, because I'm a sucker for Tom Hanks, I am definitely interested in a man called Otto. Tom Hanks is the only reason I'm interested in a man called Otto. Oh yeah, 100%. Because when I saw this started the trailer, I was like, this guy's kind of an ass... Oh, it's Tom Hanks. God damn it. <laughs> and it's one of those ones where otherwise... You remember that one movie with Sigourney Weaver we saw the trailer for and we both agreed that it looks sappy? Mm-hmm. That's this. Yeah, that that's very much the case. Although, I, I do hate to say, being a car person, the whole bit of I almost hit that car, it would have been okay, it's a hybrid. That did get a get a laugh out of me i nice. unfortunately have to admit that <laughs> the clown started it he said mm. <laughs> it's a little sad when you realize tom hanks is now old enough to play these curmudgeonly neighbors with a heart of gold style character yeah 
Yeah, I mean, hey man, he's still got it going, but still. Yeah. Mm. Guys, it's the real Buzz Lightyear! <laughs> I don't know why I just blurted that one out. But it I looks cute. Either. It looks cute. I Even with it being centered on Tom Hanks, I'm not sure if this is one I would see in theaters, but it looks cute. I like the cat. <laughs> that cat is the that cat is the realest cat I've ever seen in my life. Just the way he's like, I got a cat, and the cat just Pokes bumps his head. His out head. Of the box. Yeah, and it's just like, alright, that that is the best cat. I hope that he actually has like a family and an owner, because this cat is entertaining as hell. <laughs> if not, you know somebody's taking that cat home with them once the shooting wrapped. Oh, absolutely. It's like I'm keeping this cat. It's like Deadpool with this suit after Deadpool. Mm-hmm. You want to take the suit off? You want to try and stop me? <laughs> <laughs> what a great time. Mm. And this looks like a decent time. Yeah, I'd say a decent time is an adequate description. It very much depends on what's out that same weekend, though. Mm-hmm. I think it might be Megan. Yeah. Definitely Megan. Fair. It's either Megan or Megan moved to get away from it. <laughs> Because Megan moved up a week. Oh, did it? It did, it did. Nice. Oh, well, that's in January. That's that's ages away. Mm-hmm. I say, and then it'll be December, and then I'll just be like, What am I watching in January? <laughs> we'll figure it out. We have yeah. the technology. There's also, speaking of movies that I'm not likely to see if there's anything else even remotely interesting out, but I'm interested in because of one singular actor. Hmm. Jesus Revolution. Oh, who is it for you in this one? Kelsey Grammer. Ah, fair enough. I know he's apparently an asshole. I still like Frasier, okay? <laughs> you know, this was one that I'm interested in from the historical aspect more than anything else. 1968 to 1970 in America is just such a... It is a time period. <laughs> you might say it's a trip? Yeah... Yeah, yeah, I like I, I know a psychedelic you're a, trip. I I know the joke you're making. I do understand, but the thing is, is that that's also an adequate description of all the crap that happened there during that time. <laughs> because of drugs, you see. <laughs> because of drugs and chemicals, some of which we sprayed on innocent people. But we're not going to get into that on this podcast today. Um... I mean, you kind of just did by <laughs> denial, but <laughs> carry on. Yeah, this this is cool. I think this is cool. Again, I'm not sure if I would go see it in theaters, per se. But it's interesting. It tells a story that isn't very well known. I, did, I didn't I did look too much into it. But I did look a little bit into, like, the inspiration of this movie and the events that follow. It was like, alright, this, this sounds pretty neat. You know, just the whole thing of, like, two worlds clashing and learning how to coexist, basically. Agreed. This next one, we might not have to worry about seeing in theaters... I saw, apparently it's video on demand, but also releasing in theaters. I'm not sure how wide the release is going to be. It's the Friendship Game. This looks stupid. Yeah, it does. It looks like <laughs> even worse Truth or Dare. Yeah, this this looks really stupid. It looks like even worse Truth or Dare, worse Would You Rather. How many more of these things can they make where they take a stupid little dumb children's baby game and spin it into something horrifying? What's next? Are we gonna get Tag again, only now it's a horror movie? Oh wait, we did, it was called It Follows. Shit. I will say when I first looked up this trailer, I know that 
things like this are not indicative of like a movie's quality or anything like that. But it was something when I looked for the trailer and the result I popped up that popped up only had twelve thousand views, and I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> oh man, nobody's paying attention to this. Yeah, no, that's those are not good numbers for a trailer. Like even like trailers for like not hyped up or well known movies, most of the time are still at least like seven thousand hundred thousand I've noticed consistently. Yeah, this just looks stupid. I'm I'm sorry. I, I have zero interest in this one. I'll probably still see it, assuming nothing else is out. If only because I hate myself. But I love bad horror. I feel like, you know what, as I was watching this, I did think to myself, this is going to be one of those horror movies where it's trying its damnedest to be funny, but for Cody in particular, it's just going to be like, every time something scary happens, you're just going to start laughing at it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) To be fair, sometimes even when I'm genuinely scared, I start laughing at shit. Mm, Fair. You remember the conjuring moment? Oh, God almighty. (laughs) Yes. Laughter is how I react to uncomfortable situations, and also comfortable situations. Yeah. Really, just something's broken in my brain. I mean, I do the same thing, so... Fair. So now, let's talk about the most exciting Jonathan Majors movie in 2023. I speak, of course, of Creed 3. I mean, I God, I, this trailer really makes me go... Because I own both movies, and it's like, I just need to sit down and watch both of these movies at some point. You know something terrible? Hmm. I almost, just with a straight face, said, Wait, you mean you own those movies and you've never seen them? <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to say it's like shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, I have zero room to talk on that front. Stares at my Avatar Blu-ray. <laughs> but no, this genuinely does look interesting. And I feel bad because I really meant to go watch Creed and then see Creed 2 when that was coming out and then never got around to it. So I'm probably going to have to do that this time. That's the same thing with me. I never got a chance to Well, granted when Creed 1 came out Rocky as a whole thing was just something I didn't really pay that much attention to. And so when Creed 2 came out, I was like, okay, I'm actually interested in this. I just never got a chance to see it in theaters. This looks cool. Like, this looks interesting. I did kind of think to myself when the first text box piped, propped up after seeing a whole bunch of Michael B. Jordan in the movie talking to people. It's like, from director Michael B. Jordan. And I know this isn't unusual for movies a lot of the time, but it was one of those things where I saw it and went, wait. That's illegal. Yeah, no, it's a... Wait, huh? You mean it's not Kugler? <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it looks definitely interesting. I mm-hmm. like the former friends turned into enemies because one of them has just turned into a giant dickweed yeah. angle. But I feel like there might be more to it. I feel like there's something that Creed is not telling everybody else. Yeah, I hope so, because the problem with the trailer was that it did kind of do the whole thing of, we're going to basically give a breakdown of the movie in the first trailer. And it's like, no, I really hope that there's much more going on here. I mean, there's boxing in it. I don't know how much more there is to give us on that. But (laughs) I do feel like there's probably a big plot secret coming, and it's going to have something to do with, it is somehow Michael B. Jordan's fault that Jonathan Majors ended up in jail. Hmm. Probably. And he is afraid of that getting out or some such. Mm. But then you have to face your past or whatever the whatever it is. Slash, maybe it wasn't really his fault, but he feels guilty about it, a la Simba killing Mufasa, which didn't actually happen, but he was convinced that it did. I don't know why I went right to the Lion King for this, but... <laughs> That's a bit of a reference and a half. 
Yeah, no, that was a jump. Mm. Boxing movie? Why? Now I'm just imagining Simba <laughs> with boxing gloves, and it's the most thing I can... Oh, that looks wrong. He's wearing blue. He's wearing the blue boxer shorts too. He's just Jesus standing Christ. up. He's just standing <laughs> upright, just like, come on, put up your dupes. But he's still voiced by Matthew Broderick. What the hell are you drinking tonight? <laughs> uh, Bacardi. Okay, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. the mm. The bottle is spoopy and Halloweeny. Oh, hey. Oh, that, okay. That actually does sound kind of cool. Yeah, as far as I know, the Bacardi itself is normal, but the bottle is pretty sick. Neat. Anyways, let's move on to the main event. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, dropped its trailer tonight, or today, as of recording. The logo's so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, that was not a great logo, and I'm very surprised that that's what you're hung up on, though. I mean... It's it's one of those things where it's like, I know that, relatively speaking, it means very little, but it just bugs the hell out of me. Ha! Bug. Ant-Man movie. Joke. Spider-Man! Um, <laughs> It's one of those like it's like such a nonsensical point. I do not, I know, but it just bothers me a lot. Besides that, definitely looks interesting. Those I, sets are wild. The sets are very wild and like, very heavily CG. <laughs> when oh god, what's Scott's daughter's name again? Cassie. When Cassie says it's like, yeah, I made a. Uh, like a signal to the quantum realm i'm like oh that's a terrible idea <laughs> yeah first of all how second of all why yeah it's like oh and that was kind of the moment where i was like uh-oh <laughs> it also looks like michelle pfeiffer is gonna get more to do in this which is very exciting oh yes i like michelle pfeiffer and i like janet van dyne so throw those yeah two things together boom Yes, please. <laughs> also, it does look like we're going to see Cassie suiting up. I assume as Stinger, but... Well, that's Cassie's been a couple different things in the comics, right? Yeah, she was Stature, and then she died, and... Then she came back. Yeah. This is comics we're talking about. <laughs> Funny enough, the same person who brought her back is the same person who killed her, and that was Doctor Doom. Fun. Right. And then she didn't have superpowers anymore. And I really ought to save this for an episode of Poorly Explained Comics, but I'll get... But you know what? I'll figure something else out. Mm. Because then she signed up for... To be part of a new app called Hench that basically let you hire supervillains to kill superheroes so she could scam them out of superpowers so she could go back to being a superhero. <laughs> that sounds cool, actually. And then she, and that was when she started going by Stinger. That actually sounds pretty cool. It was. It was a pretty sick flex. Mm. And I'm glad I have that comic. <laughs> Good to see her suit up. We got a glimpse of Bill Murray. No idea what that's about. Could be anybody. Yeah, I was not expecting Bill Murray. <laughs> well, he got I confirmed did... to be in the movie a while ago. Oh, I must have missed that, because when I saw that, I did actually have to do a quick rewind, because I did, like, in my lunchroom go, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. You think he and Janet had sex? <laughs> I think... I, look, okay, hear me out. Hear me out, though. The train of logic actually makes sense of how I got there, okay? So here's the thing, right? They make it seem like the thing Janet's afraid of is Kang, right? Mm. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing is, Kang was only able to exist after Endgame. 
Which means that, in theory, while she was hanging around in the quantum realm, Kang would not have existed. Now, admittedly, time gets screwy when you're dealing with multiverse and the quantum realm, so it could be that Kang retroactively was in the quantum realm because of what would happen in Loki. But I think it'd be really funny if it turned out she actually had a whole other family in the quantum realm, and that's what she doesn't want people to find out about. Okay, because <laughs> I was getting ready to say, is like I am extremely curious how this whole thing about Kang's existence circles back around to her having sex with Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, there was a, there was in fact a very weak chain of logic. I just jumped a couple steps. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've definitely done that multiple times on this podcast, so I cannot talk. <laughs> and speaking of Kang, let's talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself. Jonathan Majors, ladies and gentlemen, is Kang the Conqueror! Which you would know if you saw all of Loki. Well, no, there he was just he who remains. Oh, true. That's true. Yeah. No, that was a huge thing, because the thing was, they'd already confirmed before Loki came out that Jonathan Majors was going to be playing Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man 3, but nobody really expected him in Loki until the concept of the Timekeepers came up, and then everybody was like, secretly Kang? But then after, you know, Mephisto wasn't actually in WandaVision, everybody was like, it's probably not Kang. But then it was Kang! Or at least it was proto-Kang! Or I guess technically the final Kang, who then allowed the other Kangs to spring for- This is confusing. So where's closed beta Kang, then? Uh, this might be him, hmm. hiding out in the in the microverse, the quantum realm. That's the one. You can't call it the microverse anymore. Hasbro owns the rights to that. Wait, really? Yeah, so the microverse was supposed to be the realm of the Micronauts. And that was made in agreement with Marvel, with Marvel publishing the comics, and then Marvel lost the rights to that, and Hasbro decided, we're going to make a Micronauts movie at some point, probably, so we're not going to renew that license, or something. I'm mixing up the details and such, but the point is, you can't call it the Microverse. Hasbro owns that. Okay, fair. They also own Bug, which is why he can't be in any of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. And Rom Space Knight. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. <laughs> I like how it's like, I don't know what that is. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no no, no explanation needed. <laughs> Nothing else to add. What do you think happened is happening in that scene where it looks like Ant-Man is unraveling and his head flew off? Uh, I think he found, like, the quantum PCP. I see. <laughs> I thought it might be Kang fuckery, but... Well, that too. More than likely that too, because this is Marvel we're talking about. But still. That, and it does that sound like f- we're still going to have some kind of heist, which is very exciting. Hmm. I like the first Ant-Man better than the second, specifically because the first had that heist movie atmosphere, and ooh, I love me a good heist. Yeah, that was very fun. That was a very fun aspect of it all. I guess the thing is, for all this, is that I'm very curious to see how this movie is going to fit in with the whole of the DC... Or not- <laughs> DCU, god damn it. With wow. the Marvel <laughs> No. Shush. With the MCU. Because I don't know, I feel like even though it's hard to like you, you don't know exactly how it's going to work until you see the movie, there's I feel like there's always been kind of a feeling as to like where things mesh in. This one I, I have a hard time pinning down, and honestly that makes me more excited for it, because I'm kinda curious to see 
what this does and how much or little it fucks up the rest of the of the continuity and universe. I have a guess. Mm. And the guess is that Kang is somehow trapped in the quantum realm the same way that Scott was for a bit and the same way that Janet was because the other inhabitants of the quantum realm have stolen some component from his ship and that's what he needs Scott to get back. And the dilemma there is he's going to be basically press-ganging Scott into helping him retrieve this thing so he can get out of the quantum realm and continue his his campaign of multiversal conquest. And that's actually going to be interesting because it, it's not like anyone, I imagine, no one knows who Kang is at this point. No, only Loki knew. And even he yeah. didn't know he was Kang, I don't think. Mm-hmm. It's either that, or Kang needs Ant-Man to steal back his blockchain receipts for his Lord of the Rings NFTs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay, I swear to God, that's the actual last one. Jesus, okay. <laughs> no more. If it sounds like I'm going into an NFT joke again, feel free to tell me to shut up. <laughs> Should we move to box office? or? Yeah, let's more? move to this weekend's box office before, right. before I feel tempted to make another one of those jokes. Mm. So to answer the question, did we see this weekend's highest grossing domestic movie at the box office? Yes, we did. To the surprise of nobody. <laughs> it was Black Adam, which took in $67 million domestically this weekend for its domestic total, and $209.9 million worldwide. That Jesus. is against a $195 million budget, though. So this movie is going to need some legs if it's going to keep making, if it's going to actually turn a profit. Because hmm. bear in mind, that does mean it has to make Probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 to over that in order to start making money. Okay. Second place, you're not going to believe this shit. (laughs) Okay. It was Ticket to Paradise. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I bet you thought I was going to say Top Gun Maverick, didn't you? No, I I was honestly hoping you were going to say Amsterdam. (laughs) No, Amsterdam's not even on this list. Oh, no. Didn't even break the top five. Yeah, no. No, Ticket to Paradise took in $16.5 million domestically this weekend for a $97 million worldwide total. That is against the $60 million budget, so that one's also going to need some legs to start turning a profit because it's still not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. If we assume double the budget for box office. Third place, Smile, which took in $8.4 million domestically for an $84.4 million domestic total and $167 million worldwide. That's against a $17 million budget, so they're probably very happy with that. Yeah, I would imagine so. They're kind of rolling in it, relatively speaking. Mm. Fourth place, Halloween Ends at $8 million domestically for a $54.1 million domestic total and $82.3 million worldwide. That's against a $33 million budget, so they are pulling in some money. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. Probably would have helped if you hadn't put it on Peacock Day and Date. Yeah. Because I doubt that somehow got you a ton more Peacock subscribers. Mm. And in fifth place, I can't believe I'm saying this, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. <laughs> At $4.2 million domestically for a $28.7 million domestic total and $37.1 million worldwide. Would you like to guess what the budget for this movie was? 10 mil. <laughs> yeah, they fucking wish. Oh, God. What it was, was it? 50 million. Oh, Jesus. Ugh. Hey, Sean Mendez is not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and it is imperative 
that you have that crocodile sound like Sean Mendes. Oh boy. God, I hate myself. Mm. Only sometimes, though. Only sometimes. <laughs> so I guess we're good to talk about Black Adam now, huh? Yes. Alright, start with no spoilers. I like this way more than I was expecting. This movie's very fun. But very stupid. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> oh, that was basically my main submission. Oh. It's fun but stupid. I'm very pleasantly surprised by how much I didn't hate The Rock and how much I believed he was actually playing a character and not just The Rock. Yeah, I was going to say, because that was definitely kind of the best part of the movie. It very much is a case of like, no, okay, he's actually playing a character and not just being himself, which is refreshing, all things considered. And that definitely added to the enjoyment in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, so you know what, uh, let's do a quick story-ish breakdown. So the nation of Kondok has been oppressed for years and years, moving from one fascist regime to another functionally. And at one point, some... I think she's an archaeologist? I don't know. You, you'd think I'd have a better grasp on what her deal was, considering she's basically the secondary protagonist of this movie, but I have no idea what Sarah Shahi's character is. <laughs> point is, finds a dangerous artifact that they're supposed to keep away from the bad guys. Bad guys find them. She ends up freeing Black Adam, who is apparently an ancient champion of Kondok, who was empowered by wizards and then disappeared. He is very much not about doing the whole hero thing anymore, though. And uh, a bunch of superheroes come in to try to stop him because apparently it is very dangerous that he is killing very bad people or something. <laughs> and shit goes uh, sideways. Yeah, it goes sideways quite a bit. So, I'm gonna make a comment, and I don't think this counts as a spoiler because the fact that she's involved was already revealed before the movie came out. Mm -hmm. Waller did not need to be in this movie. No, she didn't. And in a certain... I want to expand on that, but I don't know if it'd be spoiling anything. No, but... I, I don't think so. In fact, you know what? I'll go so far as to say the movie and the JSA in particular are made actively worse by Waller's presence in it. Which is amazing because she's in the movie for like a cumulative like, 15, 20 seconds. Right. But it's... Actually, I think it might have been shown in a trailer that she was in the movie, kind of think of it. Anyways, the point is, it would already be bad enough... The JSA would already look bad enough if they were just swinging in to bring in Black Adam just because he's dangerous under their own initiative. But the fact that they're working for Waller specifically, or at least Hawkman is, is just absolutely appalling because no superheroes who give a shit about anybody killing should be working for Amanda Waller, first of all. Yeah. Second of all... Continuity problem with Peacemaker, because... Do you care? No, you can talk about it. Okay, and if you haven't seen Peacemaker, I'm sorry, but it's been out since, like, January, so you know what? At this point, uh, assume if I'm spoiling one thing for the DCU, I'm spoiling a bunch. Hmm. Point is, at the end of Peacemaker, Waller's own daughter outs all the deplorable shit she's been up to to the mainstream press, including the existence of Task Force X, which means... No superhero in their right mind should be willing to work with Amanda Waller. Do you think this takes place before Peacemaker? Who knows? Hmm. The movie has an occasional very good use of music. 
yeah, we we learn very early in the movie that Condock's national anthem is Bullet with Butterfly Wings by the Smashing Pumpkins. The world is a vampire indeed. That was very jarring. <laughs> like, it's a great song, but it was very jarring. <laughs> before, before I get too far off topic of what I was previously talking about, the JSA are okay. Mm. By which I mean, Dr. Fate is awesome. Dr. Fate's the best part of, of the JSA, like, hands yeah. down. Second best part of the whole movie, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Adam Smasher is the second best, but that's not saying a lot, because no. he just feels like, what if we took Ant-Man and Spider-Man in Civil War, and we just made him one guy? Yeah, pretty much. He's better than Barry Allen's attempt to do the same thing, but that's not saying a lot, because Barry Allen in these movies is utter garbage. Mm-hmm. Also a poorly written character. Hey! <laughs> Cyclone is there. Yeah. And Hawkman actively makes everything worse every time he's in a scene. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that kind of boils it down. In particular, with Cyclone, I feel like that she was just there just to make like pretty slow mo scenes because there's a lot of those. It feels like for. Because I'm not familiar with DC Comics, but I know that the JSA is supposed to be a pretty big deal. It oddly feels like that they're not utilized enough, I guess. Hey, you know what you should do after this? You should go watch my episode of Poorly Explained Comics on the Justice Society of America. Now live! I will. Very good! (laughs) But no, the JSA are basically... The... Nowadays, at least. They're the OG generation of superheroes. They're the first Hmm. superhero team ever made. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're kind of the golden age throwback style heroes and the jsa having a problem with superheroes killing almost works except for the fact that not just that except for the fact that literally nobody else in the dceu has had a problem with this except maybe shazam and even then i don't know if shazam has a problem with killing just so much as yeah i mean i guess he does because he lets sivana live but I mean, I feel like his problem with killing is centered around him being, like, 14 years old. (laughs) Yeah, him being a teenager makes it work better. Yeah. But when the JSA are just like, heroes don't kill, and all I can think of is just Superman snapping Zod's neck, Superman flying that one dictator through a wall, and then we never see him again, implying that he killed him, Batman murdering all those guys, and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and don't at me, they're fucking dead. He blew up one guy with a flamethrower, for crying out loud. (laughs) Wonder Woman just does not straight- straight up does not care about murdering people. Aquaman don't give a shit about murdering people. So, who is- who is that for? What an absolute condemnation of your top-tier heroes. Mm. You can tell they wrote that part before literally anything else. Yeah, probably. And I mean before anything else in the DCEU came out, because remember, this has been in development for like, 12, 15 years. Yeah, it, it's like this movie has been in development hell for a staggeringly long time. Good God. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we should probably get into spoiler stuff. Probably. Oh, one other non-spoiler thing. The camera work on this is, in some places, excessively shoddy. Yeah, there's, there's a good number of moments of, like, shoddy camera and even kind of, like, shoddy CGI. Or whatever it's supposed to be. Because there's definitely a couple moments where... There's one particular moment where it looks so bad it genuinely looks horrifying. Like, 
there's a there's a major scene in the movie where because of like how everything is set up it reminded me of the weeping angels episode from doctor who goodness gracious yeah and that's not exactly something i want to be reminded of <laughs> yeah yeah overall it's a decent movie it's almost good mm -hmm. the action is pretty sick in places the rock does bring a lot of presence and character to it the banter's pretty good story is kind of shit but eh. the the banter is surprisingly good like i will definitely like add on to that as well and it's actually weirdly kind of refreshing to see a hero in the DC universe who, and I say hero lightly because I'm also not a big fan of trying to turn Black Adam into a superhero. He is not a superhero. He is a villain with some semblance of a moral code. There is a difference. Swear to God if this leads to a Deathstroke movie because all of a sudden they decide villain pieces are the way to go. I'm gonna fucking strangle somebody. <laughs> but... It's kind of refreshing to have a movie with a main character who can go around killing all these... It's like the Suicide Squad. Like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't bother you as much to watch this happen because it's not like, oh no, this is a betrayal of the character. No, Black Adam does this shit all the time. Yeah, Black Adam is not a good person at all. So that being said, I think it's definitely worth checking out once. Mm-hmm. After yeah. that, I guess we'll just have to see where they're going with this, because there's some interesting setups, but some are also deeply frustrating. Which I imagine we are about to get into. Yeah, so if you don't want any spoilers beyond what was in advertising for Black Adam, make sure to tune out in 3, 2, 1, spoiler time. How fucking dare they kill off Dr. Fate? <laughs> <laughs> he's the second best thing in the fucking movie and you deprive of ah, you deprive us of a Pierce Brosnan Dr. Fate spinoff mm. I very much dare you see now what I was kind of thinking especially when they talk about how like the helmet chose him I was thinking it was going to be a thing during his whole like final act it's like alright so he's going to die and the helmet is going to choose... Why am I blanking on his name right now? Hawkman? Yeah, I was expecting the helmet to just choose Hawkman. I have no and idea. And it's so weird because he uses the helmet. Yeah, and it's like, alright, so he's Dr. Fate now, and then the helmet disintegrates. Or not. <laughs> yeah, what the hell was that? They made a whole big deal out of don't touch the helmet. Yeah. That was very strange. And and it's actually kind of disappointing because I feel like a lot of movies don't do that kind of thing. I For reasons I don't know why. I don't know if it's a thing of like they're afraid of like one character suddenly becoming a better version. I mean, not that this would have happened, but a better version or more interesting version of the character that they just borrowed, like Kirby, their powers from. But yeah, it was kind of thing like, oh, this is actually kind of cool and then it disintegrates it's like oh <laughs> yeah that was disappointing uh what else do i have that i can say about this movie that is a spoiler before we get to the big one that leads into more news i guess for me to kind of expand on my whole comparison to weeping angels because we were talking about the camera work the scene that i'm referencing is the one where uh, I forget the antagonist name, but it's the whole thing where he's basically setting himself up to get killed. 
and it's all of the slow-mo of Black Adam trying to catch the bullet before it hits the oh, sun. Oh, yeah, Ish- Ishmael's bullshit. Yeah, and and the face of the, the female lead character, because it just stays the same as it was before, while just, like, the wings are trying to protect her. I'm like, that is actually scary. <laughs> that is actually kind of terrifying how bad that looks. And also the whole thing with Ishmael as well. I'm sorry. Like, I imagine this is the character set up in the comics. Because, again, never read the comics. But I'm sorry. If part of your plan requires you to get yourself killed, then you are officially putting too much work into your plan. <laughs> yeah, and if all it took was getting killed, why didn't you just have one of your boys shoot you? Yeah, no. Like, Is it that you have to be killed by a champion specifically? Yeah, which doesn't make any sense to me because it's established that he is the last one in the line of succession with his family back to the old days of Condar. So it's like, okay, so you should have an invitation automatically by family decree, basically. I don't get why you have to get yourself killed, go to hell, and hope and pray that the demons in hell who greet you just look at you like, all right, this is our guy. (laughs) If we don't do that, you don't have a dumb creative twist where it's like, oh no, the crown was supposed to be upside down because somehow (laughs) that reverses the message. Which... Even though that's not how upside down versus mirrored works. That was... And even if it was, then you would get, what was it, life life leads to death or something? Yeah. Then it would have been, death to leads life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what would happen if you reversed it that was really bad in spe- specifically because of the fact that the woman who her character the entire point of her character is that she has studied these ancient languages for years because she's been hunting for the crown so she is like the leading mortal knowledge on the crown and she just goes i can't believe i missed that i'm like how the you fuck can't did believe you it. miss that <laughs> I'm sitting here and I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, I'm just like, how the fuck do you miss that? Like, this is your whole shtick. And (laughs) it was was one of those things where, like, as she said that, I I kind of was sitting in the seat going, I genuinely cannot believe those words just left that actress's mouth. That was so stupid. (laughs) I don't understand why Black Adam didn't yank the tube out of his mouth before trying to swim all the way up to the surface. Adrenaline is a hell of a drug. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you could have just done that, shouted Shazam, and then you'd be good. Yeah. Oh, also, we got a little... We got a little nod to uh, a Peacemaker character in Black Adam. Mm. That one woman who greets the JSA when they bring Adam in. Yeah. That's Amelia Harcourt. She's one of the main characters in Peacemaker. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Let's see, what else was there? Because I know there were a couple other things that I personally noted. Black Adam's utter hatred of doors is one of the greatest things. It's not even hatred, it's just antipathy. Yeah, it's... <laughs> There's actually it's one of the earlier scenes in the movie that I'm actually kind of mad it got a pretty decent laugh out of me is during the whole bit where he wakes up and he just, like, walks through the bedroom do- um, wall, and all the cameras are just switching angles, wa- like, at a bottom angle, just watching him just walk through this wall and destroy it. And I'm just like, 
I'm laughing because I'm like, this is so fucking stupid and unnecessary, but it's really funny for some reason. <laughs> Do you think that was a setup for filming him getting ready to stop the bullet from so many different angles? Probably. Like, oh no, you're used to this, right? Get on with it! <laughs> the kills in this movie are fucking gnarly. <laughs> Immediately after losing me with Bullet with Butterfly Wings at the start of the movie... They brought it right back with paint it black while Adam just fucking murders people. Yeah, and he does it in the best way possible because he just, like, kind of goes, like, he more or less slows down time and just, like, does, like, little adjustments. Like, he's doing, like, a kind of a Quicksilver thing. Just, like, little adjustments here or there. And he's just like, hey, this grenade, this grenade's pretty cool. I'll put it in this guy's mouth. (laughs) And then just chain lightnings a bunch of people like he's fucking Palpatine. It was good shit. There's a lot of really cool kills in this movie. <laughs> and yet somehow he does less collateral damage where it counts than the JSA. Yeah, no. Oh god, that was my favorite bit where the people of Condar are confronting the JSA. Condoc. And- Condoc, sorry. And they're just like, look, I-, I know how this looks, but we're not here to destroy things. And then Adam Smasher just destroys a random statue. He's like, oh, sorry. I was like, you and There's- me. When we get it's back like, to the ship. <laughs> I was like, there's there's some pretty decent commentary going on in this scene, isn't there? <laughs> American imperialism at yeah. its finest. That was... It didn't get a laugh out of me, but internally I'm going like, I uh, don't, don't think you can hide that from me. <laughs> yeah, don't think I didn't notice that shit. Yeah, no. It also doesn't really help that... To get back into a discussion about the movie's weird lopsided morality, mm-hmm. it doesn't really help that they're just like, oh, heroes don't kill, and at no point is it brought... Like, there's there's never any real danger, aside from the kid getting injured that one time, mm-hmm. where Adam goes over the line. So it feels very tame. The thing that bugged me the most about that, if anything, was kind of leaning into the whole heroes don't kill thing. Is the constant insistence in the movie of, like, you can be a hero, and Black Adam's like, no, I'm not. I am actually a piece of shit. And just... They got to a point, like, especially in the, in the like, last act of the movie, where they're just like, why are you still killing people? I'm like, have you not been here for the last hour and a half, guys? Like... We can still get sh- information from that god. You killed him, didn't you? Ah! <laughs> you didn't make it. <laughs> that was really he funny. He could have gotten him, too. That's the even better part. Adam yeah. could have... Could have just caught him before he hit the ground and went splat. <laughs> and instead, he waits, lets it play out, lets the guy hit the fucking floor, and then zip radios in. Nope, he's dead. No, I feel like The Rock saying he didn't make it was ad-libbed. I, part of me thinks that was 100% That is ad-libbed. honestly one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Yeah, no, it's just... And there's also, like, the bits where he's, he's like, kind of seems like he's finally like warming up to the idea and he like especially when it's an interrogation scene with two mercenaries i have a question can either of you guys fly and immediately go oh shit and then Takes just off. <laughs> and then manages to and then manages to talk his way out of it by saying that's why i waited until you were there to save them yeah. <laughs> they were never in any danger it's like oh you sly son of a bitch yeah i'm just like he's he's out of line but he's correct <laughs> Okay, also, there's a, there's a quote-unquote twist in this movie that, admittedly, I already knew about because I'm familiar with the comics to an extent. Mm-hmm. 
But even if I hadn't been, it still wouldn't have been a twist because the trailers fucking spoiled it anyway. And it's that the whole movie, they seemingly want you to think that Adam is the first champion who's become more cynical and bitter or something. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out near the end, oh no, that was his son who ended up accidentally sacrificing himself to save his dad and got killed for it. And his dad ended up becoming who we know as Black Adam. And it's just, boy, that would have been really good and really effective if the trailers hadn't been full of lines like, my son sacrificed himself for me. Yeah, actually, there was a point, like, in the movie, especially with how, because this whole thing gets brought up pretty damn late in the movie. And during the whole timely episode, I was like, okay, so where do we hear more about the son? Because if I remember correctly even though I just saw this movie. In the beginning of the movie, it does try to set it up to where it wants you to think that Black Adam is the son who got the powers. But even still, it's like, guys, like we know this is going to happen. How are you going to do it? Wait, so, actually, yeah. it's dumber than I thought because either... Because we see the dad in the flashbacks in the um, opening prologue and he's played by Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you can't even go like, oh, well, you know, it's like no, that's clearly the rock, guys. <laughs> so, either it's meant to be a twist and they did it really poorly or it's not meant to be a twist, in which case why did you drag it out so long in the movie? Yeah. We only find out about this in like what the last 20 minutes or something like that. Uh, last 30 35 but still, like, really late into a two-hour movie. I like how in this entire discussion, the fact that there's an additional villain beyond Black Adam and the JSA fighting has barely even come up, which just kind of highlights what a non-entity Sabak was. Yeah, no. What a lame fucking generic PlayStation 3-looking <laughs> head-ass fucking... Why PlayStation 3? Why you got a dog on my boy like that? <laughs> Well, it certainly doesn't look like it's PlayStation 5. Mm. Maybe 4. <laughs> Maybe early game 4. We'll, yeah, we'll see early game Better 4. Better than Steppenwolf. <laughs> shall we talk about the... Uh, shall we talk about the, the the Man of Tomorrow in the room? The, the What, you mean like the incredibly frustrating post credit scene? <laughs> yeah, where apparently Superman is also working for Amanda Waller. Yeah, that was, um, it's funny, because when this, when he was shown in the theater, and by the way, this is That was like, entirely like, too big a pop-off. Yeah, and by the way, this isn't like a new Superman, this is still Superman played by Henry Cavill, so somehow they got him back. This was one of those things where it's like, a lot of people, very understandably, were very excited. Meanwhile, I'm just sitting there and being like, that's concerning. <laughs> I'm just That's sitting there like, oh good. boy, this would be really exciting if we had any kind of concrete plans regarding what DC is going to do. Or any kind of context whatsoever about Superman being back. Like, it just kind of felt like it's like, we need to pull something. And it was especially annoying because they do the whole thing of like so showing a silhouette. And the way the silhouette first like moves around, it's like, okay, it's Shazam. But it's like, no, it's not Shazam because... It's like, of course it's not Shazam. We're not going to pull Shazam for this. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's it's Superman for some godforsaken reason. Working for Waller for some godforsaken reason. Yeah. So uh, maybe he's not. Maybe it's just really coincidental timing. Or maybe he's not working for her, but just they're on speed dial. But that still doesn't seem good. Yeah, no. 
Anyways, there is some news spinning off of that. Mm. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery does apparently have very big plans, or at least very sincere plans, <laughs> to have Henry Cable back for more Superman stuff. God, I, I love how, like, there's just no weight behind that statement, given right? recent events. <laughs> it doesn't mean shit. It does not mean shit. <laughs> but they do basically have a new Superman movie being produced by Charles Roven searching for writers. Hmm. Johnson obviously wants to make a Black Adam versus Superman project, which... <sighs> Fight Shazam! Yeah, like... Why? This... I can respect the desire to have, like, oddball setups and whatnot, because it's different and that can make the um, the idea or the movie more interesting to a wider audience. But this is just one of those things where it's like, no, like... Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Shazam... Uh, not Shazam. Black Adam and Superman screw up, like, maybe a handful of times at this point. Yeah, and I mean, it's vaguely interesting in the sense of Black Adam is basically Superman, but magic, ergo, he can hurt Superman, ergo, it's a more even fight than most of these kind of slugdowns, and also it's, it makes more sense than having Shazam fight Superman, because that's some contrived bullshit, mm-hmm. but it's also the case of, again, it's like making a Superman movie where he fights Sinestro. <laughs> just no Sinestro's yeah, Green Lantern have him fight Green Lantern if I want to see Superman fight somebody I want it to be a Superman bad guy like Parasite or Brainiac or Mixius Pitlick what What was that last one I'm sorry Mixius Pitlick Mixius Pitlick yeah I think that's how you pronounce it anyway he's a fifth dimensional imp okay I'm surprised on. you didn't know about him <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Hell, I'll take Metallo at this point. <laughs> Just a giant robot with a kryptonite heart. Mm. Give it to me. It, it's it's a shame because it's one of those things where, because I am one of the weird people who did like I fully acknowledge it's not good, but I am one of the weird people who did like actually enjoy seeing Man of Steel. It's one of those things where it's like I feel like I should be like really excited for this, and I am not at all. <laughs> Yeah, welcome to how I felt after the post-credit scenes in Love and Thunder. Because mm. this <laughs> well, is a case of, uh, I want to be excited, but I'm definitely afraid that this means they're pivoting back towards Snyder stuff. Well, I, I was going to say with the whole like Love and Thunder thing, I think I share some, some of the blame on that disappointment. <laughs> oh boy. Hmm. I don't know, it's... I guess it's one of those things where we'll see what happens. So Yeah, uh, apparently crossed. this... This was just a one-time contractual one-off thing, but Hmm. Henry Cavill has taken to Twitter and said, don't worry, I'll be back. (laughs) So it sounds like there are definitely talks to have some bigger stuff going on. Right. How much that pans out, we'll see, because it depends on how quickly it takes them to sell Warner Brothers off again. (sighs) We got anything else for Black Adam? Not really. I guess... Only I'm just gonna like reiterate my overall thoughts on the movie, which is it's fun. I would definitely say it's worth seeing in theaters, but it's still kind of dumb. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like agree to that. 100%. It's a very enjoyable time, but it's still pretty dumb. I'll I'll gladly buy this one on Blu-ray before I'll buy Love and Thunder on Blu-ray. Fair. <laughs> Not a high bar for me personally, but no, but hey, it's still a bar. 
and it's still been cleared. Hmm. So with that being said, next week is going to be a little iffy. Hmm. Because this weekend, this upcoming weekend, our schedules are full with many halloween style events. Not the least of which being, it came from under the bridge. This Friday, October 28th at Unlimited Video Games. So if you're in the area and you feel like watching a couple of horror movies back-to-back, make sure to stop on by. Hmm. And of course, there's also Spooktoberfest at Unlimited Video Games, which is the 29th. What are the hours for that? It runs from 4 to 10 o'clock, I believe. Very good. And then the 30th, there is Trunk or Treat with Drift International. Yes. Which is 2 to 5, I think? Yeah, that one's 2 to 5. Expect some candy, some decorations, and some pretty neat cars. Good shit. Mm-hmm. So next week, we are still hoping to record. It just uh, might be a little bit difficult, and we'll see what we manage to do for movies. I'm gunning to see Pray for the Devil. If I have the energy to after this weekend, I'm going to try and sit down long enough to see Till. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But in any case, thank you again for listening. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Spotify and RSS and the Facebook page and all that good stuff. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.